no stopping us right now And there's no stopping us right now And there's no stopping us right now Hey, baby, it's all about becoming unstoppable. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio talk show for the past 22 years. Helping you to become unstoppable in life. We started off doing it back then. We're still doing it right now. Welcome to David Essel Alive. America's Positive Radio Talk Show, broadcasting live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, 1-800-548-8255. We welcome all of our listeners on XM Channel 168. The rest of our listeners from... uh, TalkDavid.com, if you can listen to us streaming live or from around the world at TalkDavid.com. Uh, proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. And this, this whole three hours has about, is about becoming unstoppable. We're going to be talking to David Kiefel in a minute here. Uh, talk about unstoppable. When you hear this guy's story, what him and his wife Shirley has gone through, it's absolutely mind blowing and how they've utilized faith amongst other things, to help pull them through it. And if you miss the show, if you miss Brian Cunningham talking about dealing with stress, with the supplementation necessary to deal with it, if you missed Erin Morgart talking about what it takes to be successful, she's she's a uh, a supermodel, uh, Mensa, Harvard grad, uh, worked with the Navy SEALs. This woman's done so much, and it's all about becoming unstoppable. Last hour, too, Gabe Cordell, you want to talk about becoming un- unstoppable, wheelchairing 3,300 miles across America, and then we're going to follow it up with David's story here right now. And if you want to listen to these shows again, or you have friends that could benefit on how to become unstoppable, as all my guests are showing today, go to iTunes iTunes.com slash David Essel Alive, iTunes.com slash David Essel Alive to listen to the show. After we're done on the air, Will Wilkerson will put it up on iTunes. They'll also be broadcasting on our site, TalkDavid.com, so you can listen to them in either place. So imagine this. Imagine this. In, in 2008, David's wife, Shirley, loses her son to a, a rare cancer. Uh, her son was was 37 years old. Two years later, uh, their 16-year-old granddaughter spends three months in a hospital uh, because of a heart condition. Um, two years after that, they find out that there was extreme sexual abuse going on uh, within the family, still to that day, still going on within that family. One year later... Uh, their 15-year-old grandson suffers a brain hemorrhage, uh, and they thought they could lose him. They thought he might die. He's slowly rehabilitating. Um, all of this happening to one family, one family who I happened to meet via my previous syndicated radio show with Westwood One, David Essel Live, same name. David Kiefel, welcome to the show. It's nice to have you with us, David. Thank you very much, David. You know, it's a real honor to be on your show and to be back with you again. Yeah, we, we're like old friends. Uh, you know, a lot of things have happened in the last 10 years, as you mentioned, and uh, yeah. we're, still, we're still cutting it and making it here. 
Yeah. Now, David, you, you you and I listened. You were a listener of our show in the 90s when we were on with Westwood One. Isn't that correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right, David. Uh, we got into the uh, infallibility of the Pope and being Catholics had stopped practicing our uh, Catholic religion. We had that connection, and uh, that's all, how it all started back in the late 90s, I believe it was. Yeah. And then around 2000, I was speaking in Gainesville, Florida, and all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, you and Shirley and her son showed up at the lecture. <laughs> yes, it, that was such a memorable event. Uh, we enjoyed it so much meeting you. We we had felt we had known you since we were in our teens. You know, it was just you were so so welcoming. <laughs> and, uh, Never forget it. We got the videos of it still. We watch them occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. What'd you say, David? Well, I was going to say you still look the same. I, I, I hate taking over you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll have to say, I have to say, it's it's part jeans and part working my tail off. <laughs> but 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 we we met we met uh, in in two thousand and uh, and then your wife Shirley's son. The very first tragedy was him uh, dying of a rare cancer. What kind of a cancer was it? And do they know how it even came about? Well, it, it was called, it's called Ewing sarcoma, and it usually attacks the young uh, children, mostly those that are in their uh, teens or late teens. And uh, he was 36 when this came about. Uh, you, had, you had met him, in fact. He was, he was the son that was with us. Right. Uh, in Gainesville. And, uh, uh, you know, we got the, uh, it started out, uh, about a year and a couple of months prior, he had a backache. And uh, uh, Shirley's other son was getting married, and uh, we uh, talked him into, uh, don't get that checked out, you've had that for three months. And so he went to the chiropractor right away. They sent him to a specialist, a cancer specialist with x-rays to be done, and we were like, uh, wow, what's going on here? He had a yeah. backache. He was limping around at the wedding. We were in the Chicago area then for the wedding, and uh, things, you know, we never expected. I mean, I, uh, I had back aches, and I tore my back out like a lot of people. So it, it was uh, totally uh, uh, a surprise when we got the call October 9th, 2007. Uh, he was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, we were stunned, to say the least, Uh I was numb. Uh, Shirley was just in pieces, of course. And, you know, we we uh, uh, didn't realize how terminal it was. Uh, we did so much checking on everything. And uh, we spent as much time as we could with him. Uh, those uh, nine to ten months when it was discovered. And uh, a lot of prayers, a lot of holding each other up, uh, a lot of faith, uh, knowing we'll get through this. Somehow we'll get through this. It was still like uh, uh, a bad dream, of course. I, I know a yes. lot of families have gone through similar things. And, well, uh, David, that, that's one of the reasons, you know, I, I wanted to have you on, on our show is because, you know, a lot of families have gone through 
uh, similar things. But one of the things that struck me when I was reading the story with you is that, um, and I'm not going to say life isn't fair, life is whatever life is, but but when you go through the loss of Shirley's son and then your granddaughter in, in critical uh, care in a, in, a, in a hospital for three months, um, your grandson, 15, uh, brain hemorrhage, and he's still rehabilitating now, and then the sexual abuse that was happening within your family to um to a grandson another grandson like when when you throw all that together david you at some point you and shirley must have said what the hell is going on well uh the the, the sexual abuse was the real kick uh, uh the other things yeah we were like yeah what the hell is going on you know, we kind of thought <laughs> well uh we'll just you know keep the faith we we just held on to each other and, and we drew closer and you know, uh, mm. we never mm. asked why. We were more like uh, uh, saddened by all of this. We didn't mm. uh, look back and say, oh, what did we do wrong? Or It was just what is is. And uh, we had great uh, support, uh, church support, parishioners, friends, uh, workers at the University of North Dakota that I uh, uh, deal with a lot, and uh, the support system was phenomenal. I, I had just lost my job uh, while this was going on with uh, uh, Chuck, and and then this comes up, and uh, uh, it was it was a lot to, to handle. Yeah. But we we never we never looked back and said why why me. It was more like you know, Shirley always said, why not me. Uh, wow, you know, wow. We can, we can David, David, hang in there, David. We, we have to go to a quick break. We're going to come back. David Kiefel with his wife, Shirley, have gone through so much, and they're on the show to talk about the use of faith. He's just mentioned several things, church and friends and workers at his at his uh, his university job, so many places that they relied on instead of relying on ourselves. You know, a lot of times when we hit these challenges, people isolate. They go within. We'll be talking to David more about how not to do that. Right after these messages, you're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. I am David Essel. TalkDavid.com is the site. Stay there. Solution-based talk radio. That's what this is. We're not into conspiracy theories. We're into solution-based. How to bring your life up to the next level. David Essel in the box, 1-800-548-8255. My guest, David Kiefel, who with his wife, Shirley, as I, as I recall, um, the tragedies they've faced, losing Shirley's son at 37 years of age to a rare cancer, their 16-year-old granddaughter spending three months in a hospital because of a genetic heart condition, uh, they find out that uh, they're they're uh, six to thirteen during the years of six years old to thirteen year old their their grandson was sexually abused. Uh, their fifteen year old grandson suffers a brain hemorrhage. David, through all of this, we we it just blows my mind. You guys never asked why me, why us. Because that's what most people do is they they want to they want to go. Why is this happening to me? How did you not go there? Well. Uh there's some factors there. Uh, we uh, we've seen a lot of uh, sad things happen to other people. For one thing, uh, we 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 know this. We're not the only ones in this boat. 
that was a little bit of it, and a lot of it was that is going to turn us into some negativity. It's going to burn up energy that we don't need to do. We've got to keep positive and, and, and work through this as best we can and, and hold on to each other and be thankful for what we do have and that we do have time with him and, and, and with our children, uh, at least uh, more time. And we've got good memories. We, uh, I guess uh, when Chuck died, some mm. things that happen is, uh, you know, uh, we... Uh, we thought about thank God we have the the we've had the years with Chuck and the uh, perpetrator of the crime the sex crime uh, was sentenced to thirty years in prison it was you know it was uh, numbing I, I didn't I, I didn't feel angry I, I felt you know pity for him I, mm. I just my, my my family my kids was the tough part if I had a dollar for every tear shed I w- I could retire and. And live on, you know, in a nice uh, area down in the Florida Keys or something. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, yeah, you know, it was very difficult, and we we held mm. the, the kids together, the grandkids, and they're still going through a lot of therapy. The uh, two boys of the sexual abusing uh, father. Uh, this mm-hmm. is an ongoing thing, and uh, you know, it's it's funny, David. Uh, you know, I chuckle about back in our days being Catholic growing up. The nuns and priests would always say, oh, hold on to your faith. It might be the only thing you have someday. And I'll tell you something. Those, uh, uh, those words resonated the last four and a half mm. years. I bet. And, and, I bet. And, now, uh, now, David, let me ask you this. Let, let's talk about active faith. You know, a lot of people say they have great faith, and then and then when it comes to, you know, the stuff hitting the wall, we, we don't have as much as we thought. How do you and Shirley, for the benefit of our listeners around the country that, that are going currently through challenges or that will in, in the future – how do you encourage people to go deeper in their faith, and how did you guys go deeper in your faith during these challenges? We spent a lot of time talking to each other. Communication, we kept the communication line open. We uh, we have a deep belief in uh, the Lord. We always have through all these years. And sometimes you put us aside However, it's kind of like a spare tire in the trunk for some people, and boy, when you when it's there, you know it's there. You you pull it back out, and you uh, you reinforce those uh, those areas of how you did grow up or how you uh, became who you are. It's not an easy uh, journey, not by any stretch. Uh, you uh, definitely have to decide. You can go either way. You can go down to the the drugs, the drinking, the the negativity. And just give up. When you give up, David, and you know this, when you give up, there's no hope. It's over. Right. Right. And that's one thing we maintain is hope. Even when we knew uh, uh, Chuck's life was at, at an end, we knew with all the suffering we saw him go through that uh, he would be in a better place. And we did have a psychic that surely was very upset, went to a psychic, and the psychic told her, Chuck's okay. There are three things that happened in your home. Uh, a, a picture moved to praying hands one day. The lights were on outside the front or the back sunroom. Uh, the, a warm hand grabbed you one time. All these three things happened, and the psychic picked these out. Plus, that day the wow. lights were on outside the room. In my office at the university, my lights were on that morning in the darkness of the December day. And I thought, 
it Chuck was showing us what we yes. a science. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now, David, did did you and Shirley during these challenges, and some are still going on, I understand that, did you guys start to put more time into going to church, reaching out to ministers and pastors? Did you start putting more time into that? Yes, we did. And fortunately, too, we live across the street from our church, which is real convenient, too. Mm. But we did spend a lot of time with Jerry, our pastor, who I a former Catholic also. Uh, right. And so we, we have a lot in common, and he was very supporting with our situation in the, the, the parishioners. Uh, there isn't a Sunday if they don't come up and ask, how are we doing? And mm. uh, we became such a unified family within the group we had just uh, joined about three to four years ago. These all mm. come into play. The faith is a key factor. And the rest mm-hmm. of it falls into place with the friendships, the the people that really care. And just to let you know, the the grandson who had a brain hemorrhage was over today at our house with my daughter, and they're going to the they're at the Jason L D concert tonight. His favorite singer, and right. he looks so good, David. And you know these things, you just have to say thank God for the the gold nuggets because. You got to look for him in this life. It's such a negative world out there. Yeah, you gotta you gotta really search for the good things. Now we we. David, we have a minute and a half left, but I, I just want to mention this briefly. Now, you've been a musician and a singer and a band on top of working at North Dakota uh, University, of North Dakota. Um, you've been a singer and a band, and has has that given you some type of um, uh, uh, of relief and release during the stressful times? We have uh, forty five seconds. Oh, definitely. We played last night. In fact, when we're done with the phone call, we'll be going out to a local venue and we'll be playing tonight and singing. I sing the feature with the group. And you bet, it's been very good therapy because it's the only time I can actually zone out of everything, just being up there on stage emerged in this aura of craziness and fun and people (laughs) enjoying what you're doing. You know, and... You know, and it's been therapy, and it really has pulled me through a lot. You bet, David. I bet, I bet. Um, David, I want to thank you, and please send my love to Shirley for coming on and sharing your story. The the millions of people listening right now that that can grab a glimmer of hope, a gem, as you said, that can hold on to something, that can learn from someone who's gone through so much tragedy since 2008 until today, uh, and men have must, much of it's still going on. But we needed to hear this message, David, of what you guys have gone through and how your attitude is so powerful, how you've leaned on your faith increased your practice of your own your own faith in order to pull you through i believe it is a wonderful miracle for you to share with us and i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart david i want to thank you too david and we're going to get down to florida and have a good time sometime with you i think that'd be great that would be great all right well my best to all of you and have a great time on stage tonight my man i'll rock out (laughs) <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> okay, David. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, David Kiefel, uh with his wife, Shirley, and wow, to go with the, what they've gone through and to have the attitude that that man has is powerful, and Shirley, too. And I loved meeting them 13 years ago. 
incredible. Hey, listen, if you have a thought, if you have a question, if you're up against the wall, if you're blocked in life, if you're stuck, if you're on the fence, call me right now. 1-800-548-8255. Free coaching on the air. Free coaching sessions right now. 1-800-548-8255. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Call me right now. Here you go. Free coaching sessions on the air right now. 1-800-548-8255. If you're blocked with your love relationships, if you're stuck on the fence with your career, your health, weight loss isn't coming off, you've got a dependency or an addiction that is just kicking your butt, you don't know how to get rid of it, whatever you're stuck with, it could be career, it could be whatever, We are here to help you. Call us, 1-800-548-8255, absolutely 100% free, 1-800-548-8255. Let's go to Iowa. Larry, you're on with David Essel. Yeah, um, good evening, David. Thank you for taking my call. How are you doing this evening, sir? Hey, Larry, I'm doing great. What's on your mind? Oh, David, uh, I I called you uh, last week and uh, about a relationship problem. And, right. uh, you know, you give me, you know, uh, something uncomfortable, but uh, I decided to, you know, stick with that, you know, relationship that, you know, that I got in, you know, where the, the person was in abuse. And uh, and I asked you about it, and you told me to forget about the relationship. So, uh, Oh, Larry, Larry, as a yeah. matter of fact, wait a minute. I, I remember I remember you were saying that, that it, it, it's on a regular basis you will be dating people that have gone through abuse in the past, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I mean, I, I, it's not like I go, you know, go looking for it. One other one I met, and the other one was a friend hooker. But anyway, my question this evening to you was, you know, uh, I, I follow your advice. I stopped that other relationship, and uh, I'm looking to find somebody. What do I need to do, or what is your advice to me, you know, personally, to do going forward if I want to get, you know, in a, in, in a positive relationship? Oh, oh, that's an awesome question, Larry. Okay, number one is I would create a list of the characteristics that you're looking for in a person to date. Characteristics, not necessarily their physical characteristics, like their height and weight and all that kind of stuff, but more like... You know, are you looking for someone who is um, is free of their past? You know, a lot of times they use the word baggage, right? That isn't carrying their past baggage forward. Um, someone that is optimistic, someone that is positive, someone that, you know, like think about the characteristics that you're looking to attract, Larry. Now, listen, I remember this from last week now. One of the problems a lot of guys have is that because we're here, we think that we're here to fix people, save people, heal people, that we attract women. If we're dating women, we attract women. Or if we date men, we attract men that want to be healed, need need to be healed. And we kind of feel like we feel worthwhile, Larry. We feel worthwhile. But. But, you know, I, I, I tell my clients in, that I work with in my office and on the phone across the country, do not date someone for their potential. Right. Like, 
if, if someone is coming and, and you're, they're attracted to you and you're attracted to them and all of a sudden you find out, and usually, Larry, within the first 30 days, we find out as much as we need to know if that person is really in a good place and they're open and ready to date or not. You know, we don't right. want to date potential. So I would create this list of their characteristics, someone who is healed, someone who's not being bothered by their past. And right. then, as you did in the last seven days, which I'm really happy, if you meet people and you find out fairly quickly that, you know, they still are struggling with their past, they're still not over past relationships, then we have to be willing to let them go right away. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense, and uh, and and I appreciate the advice, and I'll try to do it. And this draws me to my next and you know final question. I'll get off the air, you know, and give the other call of chance. Uh, it's a little difficult for me because uh, my job, you know, I'm a truck driver. I'm on the road most of the time, so I don't have a lot of time, you know, to meet a lot of people. What would be your advice for me personally? Because usually when you meet somebody in this place and you start talking, then you get, you know. So you don't have, like, the steady, you know, time to, to build, you know, a connection. So, uh, yeah. and I'll take my comments off the air, David. Thank you again. Okay, okay, Larry, very nice to talk with you. I, I think for a lot of us, it, it doesn't matter if you're on the road traveling constantly and you're looking to date or if you're set in a certain place, the number one key in the world of dating is patience. Oh, my Lord. You know, and I don't know if this has anything to do with you, Larry, but a lot of times, uh, you know, we get a little needy. We get a little impatient and we start instead of like realizing the person that we're talking to isn't the right person for us is that we get impatient. And the next thing we know, we're in a relationship or we're starting to get to know someone that the red flags have been there from the beginning, but we just didn't want to be patient. So I'm going to tell you something that most of us don't want to hear. That is take your time. And be really patient. From Iowa, let's go to Texas. And, and by the way, this is an opportunity to talk with me one-on-one, -on -one, free coaching sessions if we're talking about your mind, your career, your health, relationships, uh, dependencies, addictions. 1-800. Call me right now. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. We would love to spend this time working with you. Let's go from Iowa to Texas. Jeff, you're on with David Essel. Yeah, uh, I called up. Uh, I was kind of curious about uh, how do you how do you get a uh, positive attitude? I have a very negative attitude that I always look into a situation or get into a conflict or whatever, and I always go for the for the gut. You know, I always go right at them, or you know, and, instead of trying to find a um, you know the bright side like of things. Right, 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 right. Jeff, how long have you lived like this? How long do you, do you know that your attitude has all, been like this? All my life. I'm yeah. 57, 58, all my life. I, I, I think where, where it came from was that um, I was always way overweight when I was a kid. I was always picked on and everything like that. And I think, I think what it is is that now that I'm an adult, I think that, hey, you know, you're going to get the upper hand on me. So I'm going to cut you off at the knees right from the beginning, and then I can always build you back up if I like you. Right. Sounds, right. Okay. Reasonable? Yeah, uh, Jeff, and, and listen, are you open-minded? I try to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because in, in our work, that's a sign of low self-esteem. Yes. Right? 
So, right. so I just want to I want to be honest with you because I, I want to make sure that this time is really well spent. Our couple minutes that we have. So, so we're battling right. the the negative attitude is a manifestation of low self esteem. So the real issue is the low self esteem. So we need, we, we need, in, in other words, you know, like whenever we look at the outside manifestation and someone says, well, I'm negative or you, you use great words, Jeff. You said, I cut people off at the knees, you know? So what that says is, is that we don't feel very powerful about ourselves. So in order to feel good, we want to put other people down. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like the same thing as a racist or a, a guy that's prejudiced. What they do is they, they bring, they, they, find the negative in another race or, or being bigoted to make them feel better. Oh, I'm, I'm yes. better than them because I'm tall and he's short. Whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So, Jeff, when we're projecting out that cut him off at the knees, what that's saying is that I don't feel good enough about myself. And so in order to make myself feel better, I'm going to put you down. I'm going to be sarcastic. I'm going to cut you off at the knees. So my, my question to you is going to be, how can you or someone in your situation start to build up your own self-esteem instead of taking other people down? Do you know an answer to that question? Like, how could not just you, how could anyone start to build themselves up and feel better about themselves? Now, you mentioned being overweight. Are you still overweight? Um, I'm, I'm moderately overweight now. I'm um, about... 20, 30 pounds overweight now. Okay, so you've made some great progress, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, num- number one, I would I would look to continue to improve your your physical self, uh, whatever that means, because the the better you feel about yourself, the way that you take care of yourself, that's going to start to be projected in the outside world. Number one. Number two, I would look at any media. I mean, our show is, per- and I say this in, in, jokingly, but I'm true. Our, our show is perfect for you, but I would look at any other shows that you listen to or watch that are filled with uh, the negativity and judgment. I would start moving all of that out of your life. Newspapers, magazines, um, anything yeah. that fires you up emotionally, I would start to move that stuff out and fill that void with messages that are life-enhancing. Whatever you're reading, listening to, watching, I would start to like make a chart of where am I putting my time? Put it into yeah, self-enhancing yeah, I, activities. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I listen to a lot of politics. I'm I'm very left wing, and okay. Um, I, I well, I don't even have to finish yeah. that sentence. Do I? You already no, know you, where I'm going. <laughs> Jeff, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I, I hate to take away one of your passions, but one of your passions with politics is fueling this lower self-esteem and the need to be right. That, yes. that need to be right is a sign of lower self-esteem. So let's start making some of these changes, Jeff, and why don't you contact me in a week or two. Let me know how you're doing as you shift away from those messages into something more positive, okay? You know what? What you said is what you said makes complete sense. You know, I'm a truck driver, also like the other fellow that yeah. we just saw. In, you know, okay. And, um, yeah. One of the problems Let's, is the, you know, the like you said, the loneliness, the by yourself time. Yes. Time yeah. So we 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 need to fill that with right. different messages. We got to run to to our break here, Jeff. Very nice to talk to you, though. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Call me right now. Free coaching on the air. We'll get you turned in the right direction. I guarantee it. 
1-800-548-8255. All of our callers online, hang in there. Don't hang up. You're not going to get back in the lineup, so hang in there. We'll get to you right after these messages. TalkDavid.com is our website. Here to rock America. Stay right there. Yes, this is the time during the show to call us and get in the lineup so I can talk to you one-on-one to help you break through whatever blocks you're facing in life. Free coaching on the air, gang. 1-800-548-8255. Let's go to Iowa. Jeff, you're on with David Essel. Hello, sir. How are you doing tonight? Good, Jeff. What's on your mind? Uh, I just got been having a, I got a weird problem. I got an addiction to addiction. I, I'm coming off a about a 15-year pretty hardcore drug addiction, and, and now it's went into weight and work, and I, I just, it's a cycle, and I, I, I'm having a hard time breaking the addiction cycle, you know? Yes. Well, it's, Jeff, it's, what you're talking about is in, is known in our industry as a cross-addiction. You, you know, you're, you're saying from an addiction to an addiction to an addiction, and that's what cross-addictions are. So the professional term, whether it matters or not, Jeff, is a cross-addiction. And do you know why you're doing that? Um, no, probably, I mean, my, my mom and dad got divorced when I was young. I mean, there's probably all kinds of reasons people could say, but I, I don't know personally. Yeah. Well, what, what happens, see, addictions, there's, there, there's a benefit to an addiction, and the benefit is a distraction or a numbing, N-U-M-B-I-N-G, or a numbing from life. So, so we go from one addiction to another. So let's say that you quit your drug addiction, but... But we still don't want to deal with life, Jeff. That's just the God's honest truth. You know, the the addict, the alcoholic, the food addict, the work addict, the reason they got into an addiction in the first place is because there was some kind of pain that we didn't want to feel, and we found a way out of it. So you get rid of the drug addiction, but the pain is still there. So then we go, well, you know what? Let me find something legal. So I'm going to find sugar which hits the brain about as quick as cocaine, or I'm going to find white flour or fat or some comfort food. And all of a sudden, we're still not having to deal with those emotions, Jeff, because we're covering it up now with food. And then all of a sudden, you break through your food addiction, and then you find yourself working like crazy. And once again, we're distracting ourselves from feeling that pain underneath the surface through another addiction. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, actually. I mean, I... My dad hasn't been around much, and, you know, he just that's kind of a, I guess, a, a father issue of some sorts, I guess, would be my, my issue. Yeah. You know, not trying yep. to deal with him. And right. Kind of so, so not being a good parent, you know? I'm sorry, say that again? I, I kind of I kind of fallen in his footsteps, you know, not being there for my kids, you know? And I, it's right. just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 the resentments, the anger, the frustration turns us inside. It, it, it creates this need or desire many times, Jeff, to isolate. Yes, um, 
and 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 that isolation we pull ourselves away from our core family to look at the drug the work the food as a way to once again numb and then all of a sudden jeff we're repeating the cycle that we thought we would never repeat yeah that's exactly what i'm doing yeah yeah. So, yeah. so you know, in we've worked with people for 20 years in the world of addiction recovery, and one of the things that we all have to get to is we got to go underneath that addiction. That the outside manifestation is the drug, it's the food, it's the work. We have to go underneath that and deal with those emotions many times from childhood that we've never dealt with. Heal ourselves, Jeff. But then here's the good news. I want to tell you some great news. If you're willing to do the work. And it can be substantial work in the beginning. If you're willing to do the work, you can reach a place in life where you'll have no craving whatsoever. Like people always say to me, is it really possible for an alcoholic or a drug addict or a food addict or a spending addict or a sex addict to ever get clean and clear and never have a craving? And the answer is yes. I, can't, I need that. I need that in my yeah. life. You know? Yeah. I can't yeah. Yeah. And, and how old are your children, Jeff? Uh, I got a range. I got a 22, an 18, an 8, and a 4. I'm working okay. on my second marriage. Yes, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's the good news. The good news is the day that you decide to turn it around, which could be today, it's totally your choice. The day you, cho- you choose to turn it around, even without your 22, 18, 8, and 4-year-old knowing what you're doing, you can help to break the cycle so they don't repeat it as well. That's what I've. That's my whole objective is to make their lives so I, they don't feel the hurt and, and disregard yeah. that I feel for my father. You know, and this must be your lucky night because it's the night of the truck driver. That's what I also do for a living too. You know, right? And, uh, so, I mean, yeah. that's a lot of it. Being gone, you know, I, I, I'm I'm trying to stop that too. You know, but um, right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's one thing at a time. I, I'm t- I'm going to give you a couple tips, Jeff. Number one. Um, email us after the show, talkdavid at talkdavid.com, talkdavid.com. Send me an email, and, and I'll give you some more ideas on, on how you can start the process. And if we can help you, we would love to. Um, right. Next, what, your, your current drug of choice is work. That's what. Are you still battling with food, or is it just work right oh, now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm pushing 350, and I work probably 75 to 80 hours a week, On you know, and it's just okay. It's, I work. I work. About six, I work every day of the week, pretty much. I'm at work, but you know, as a truck mm. driver, we're only allowed to work so many hours. But yes, it, 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 yeah. Okay, so what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to make a decision, and you're going to have to say which addiction do I want to let go of right now? Is it the food or the work? You're going to have to actually consciously make that addiction or that decision on which one to work on. And and when you do make that decision, you know, like I said, send me an email no later than tomorrow and tell me which one you want to let go of. And I can give you some direction on, on how to make it happen. How does that sound? That'd be great. I'll do it uh, tomorrow when I get home. Yeah, that, that would be great, Jeff. I'd, I'd love to help you. I'd love to see you break through it. And I'd love to see you stop the cycle so that the kid, your kids, your children can see that dad can do it now at his age and they can start to make the shift too. And for your younger ones, you can start to bridge that emotional gap that's there and show them the love that they so desire, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank that you. would be great, Jeff. I'm so glad you called today. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it was nice to talk to you. Okay, Jeff. Bye-bye now. 
Hey, listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is so common. I want to tell you how common this is. Cross addiction. The person that quits nicotine goes to sugar or food. And the person that quits alcohol goes to nicotine or caffeine. And the person that quit, you know what I'm saying? It's so common. Cross addiction. And here's the bad news. The bad news is that most people aren't aware that that's about to happen. And until we deal with the underlying emotion, it's going to ruin us and it's going to send us down the road to another addiction. one 800 Five four eight eight two five five. I want to get to a couple of your emails really quick. I cannot digest milk, and my kids have the same problem. We just found this out. What is the best milk substitute for breakfast? I'm going to tell you off the chart, best, in my opinion, almond milk. Make sure it says non-GMO. That's not genetically modified. Non-GMO. You want it to be non-N-O-N-G-M-O. Um, it is Almond milk is one of those milks that, unless you're allergic to nuts, that people have the, the easiest time digestion. I wouldn't go with soy. I wouldn't go with a lot of those others because a lot of the soy milks are GMO, genetically modified. You don't want that crap in your system. Um, almond milk would be probably number one. Listen, at any time, you can turn it all around. And that's what this show has been doing for 22 years. And I want to leave you with that message today. Today could be the day that you turn it all around. Your mind, your body, freedom from addiction, finding deep love, getting closer to God, whatever it is. Today could be the day. Just make the decision and ask for help. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show, talkdavid.com. I'm David Essel. Have a great week. See you next Saturday.